sit down and buckle up. It's time for Track Talk with Bryce Sparling and Matt Ridgeway. Lights out and away we go with another fantastic edition of TM5's Track Talk. I am Bryce Barley. As always, I am joined by my fantastic co-driver, Mr. Matt Ridgway. Matt, how are you doing tonight, man? Uh, I'm all right. A little bit tired. Day started a long time ago with a run this morning, so I'm uh, I'm ready to do this episode and go to bed. Oh, Oh yeah, we will be uh, interrupting. The Braves are off tonight for our audience. We'll go ahead and get the housekeeping out of the way. The Braves are off tonight. We are watching the uh, the Rams and the Bills together. So that's what you'll get live commentary interrupting the show of. So uh, look forward to that. How are you? And man? I have a bunch of bunch of bets going on tonight on the uh, on the Bills and Rams game. So yes, you will periodically be interrupted for a uh, Bills and Rams update. Doing doing well. I know you went for a run this morning. How's the um, how's that running for soldiers thing that I saw you posting uh, on Facebook going? Is that over yet, or is it still going on? Uh, no, it's the entire month. Well, the con- the challenge goes on for the entire month. Um, the month of September is uh, National Suicide Awareness Month, and I partnered with uh, a organization being sponsored by USAA to run 100 miles in the month of September. That is more or less broken down into a 5K or 3.1 miles every single day uh, with one day off a week. Um, I am a bit ahead of schedule. I ran, I've run eight in the last 24 hours. I'll run again sometime tomorrow. I'm up to 27 miles out of 100, but 27 miles, what, we're seven days into the month. So uh, I'm nearly a third of the way there in the first week so i'm i'm averaging about a week ahead of schedule at at this point but um specifically running to help raise awareness for uh veteran and soldier suicides ptsd rates Uh, everybody knows uh, well most people should know that the veteran and military have one of the highest suicide rates uh among any any group of individuals in the country and in the world. And so um, this nonprofit organization helps veterans and military members um, receive receive help, mental counseling and whatever they need at no cost to them. So uh, yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, didn't mean to get up on my soapbox, but, but you asked and some things are really important and running is something that I love to do and this is a great way for me to take care of my brothers hey anytime we can highlight the fine men and women that have served their country and gone over and sacrificed so much for us uh, we can certainly sacrifice some you know podcast time that stuff matters we just talk about stupid racing on this podcast most of the time that is stuff that actually matters you know running to prevent soldier suicide which is astron it's way too high man I looked at it um, we did a uh, we did, we did something like that like six or seven years ago when I was running a lot. We we did sort of something similar to what you were doing, and I was looking up the stats of, of the suicide rate in, in former soldiers and PTSD and all that stuff. And it's dude, it, it, it made me cry. Like I, I I won't even lie. Like it's just it's it's awful um, how high it is. And I I think that 
goes back to a lot of stuff. But yeah, anything we can do to combat the issue um, with PTSD, mental health, any type of suicide stuff for the the men and women that have given, you know, some of them have given all to uh, to protect this country. Hey, I'm I'm more than willing to sit on here, talk or listen as long as we want to about it. Yeah, I appreciate that. I can um actually. I'll, I'll add one last tidbit. Um, I'm not asking for anybody's money, uh, but it is a fundraiser and it, I do, through the USAA partnership, I have a fundraiser page on Facebook. I can send you that and we can put it in the show notes or uh, however, if we wanna do that, anybody that wants to donate. I'm already at my goal, which was $200. I, I surpassed that before the month of September even started. So I, I'm certainly not asking anyone for anything. Um, I'm, not, I'm not pandering for your money. I don't see a cent of that. But if anybody felt compelled, uh, I guess the best way we'll just do is, is if anybody listening to this feels compelled uh, to donate anything, reach out to, to Bryce or myself. And I'll put and it on we'll the TM5. You, I'll put it on the TM5 we'll page the um, tomorrow morning. Uh, so. And yeah, I'll put it on the TM5 page tomorrow morning. And anybody listening, just go to our Facebook page. Um, I'll put it on Twitter and Instagram as well. And yeah, anybody anybody who is a fan of Track Talk or the TM5 family as a whole uh, or hometown sports media, it'll be a. Uh, I'll put it out there for anybody who wants to donate, you know, five, 10, 15 bucks, whatever you got. Donate. Uh, the more money you raise, the more you have to run, right, Matt? That's that's the rule. So no, 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 no. So, so the, <laughs> the goal is a hundred. I can raise as little as, or the goal for money was two hundred. I've already met that goal, and the goal for running for the month is one hundred, and I am I'm well on my way to that. I think you should run one mile for every dollar donated. I think that should be the uh, that should be the plan. I, I cannot run two hundred miles in a month. That's <laughs> so that's what six miles a day yeah. i guess that's not completely undoable that's a 10k a day almost i think yeah i mean <laughs> i would have some massive shin splints <laughs> we'd have to carry matt around for the entire month of october <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> all right man let's go ahead and get to f1 something that uh you know was about as predictable as it possibly could be uh Max Verstappen essentially dominated most of the race. Uh, uh, McLaren, um, Mercedes possibly had a chance to. I don't know. I don't think they had a car to win it, um, even if they would have kept uh, George Russell in between Max and Lewis there towards the end of the race. Um, I still think Max would have passed both of them. A little odd that they let yeah. George Russell come in and get fresh tires and sort of left and Hamilton left out there as a Lewis sitting duck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that was and a bad he was team not call. Too pleased about that, was he? Holy smokes! I, I know Lewis. I know a lot of people like to make fun of Lewis for complaining on the radio, he does but he was furious. I mean, I've never seen him mad. I've seen him whining and complaining, and it is what it is. I'm a Lewis Hamilton fan. I, you know, I, I respect what he's done on the sport. Um, but yeah, he is a whiner. He whines on the he whines on the radio quite a bit. But he was. Um, he went off. It was not whining. It was it was cursing and screaming at his, at his team. And uh, I've never heard Lewis that way. And I, I think that's a culmination of sort of the season that, that this has been for Mercedes. It's been a letdown after last season. But I don't think anybody can argue right now Max Verstappen is the best F1 driver on the planet. Uh, and arguably, you know, Red Bull is, is the best car out there. I don't think Ferrari is too off of how good the Red Bull is. I think Ferrari's game plans and strategies are just horrendous right now and their luck is bad um but yeah i mean max is the best and max has won 
four straight races now, I think it is. Yeah, and so, 10 on the season. So, yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's more than 50% clip at that point. And and you got to think a lot of the races he hasn't won have been uh, DNFs, reliability issues. So, yeah, no, I, I mean, there's no way to further sum up what you just said is that that he's the hottest planet driver on the planet at the moment. And he has the best car at the moment. And they have the strategy. Like, all things are clicking, and that's what you have to have in racing to have this dominance. Uh, and and sometimes you get that, and we're seeing it. Yep. So they race this weekend. They go to Monza, uh, which is one of my favorite tracks. It's in the top five of my favorite tracks in F1. It's historic. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, there's not a lot to it. It's, various, it's a very simple track, but it's also a very technically hard track so I, I don't oh, oh it's a little bush I don't have any beer I drank it all this weekend um, I'm saving I drink, mine weekend. I drink I drink all mine in the first half of the Ohio State Notre Dame game just in preparation <laughs> for for history to repeat itself from last year um, but yeah I mean I mean Max is the is the best racer right now they travel to Monza this weekend which is I, I love it man it's uh it's one of my top five tracks uh, we have why is it not going to the schedule? Come on, internet. Uh, FP1 is tomorrow at... That's There we go. That's, that's my time. FP1 tomorrow at 8 a.m. FP2 tomorrow at 11 a.m. FP3 Saturday at 7 a.m. Qualifying uh, Saturday at 10 a.m. And then the race Sunday morning at 9 a.m. I think this is a foregone conclusion, Matt. But who's your pick to win Monza this weekend? Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and take Max Verstappen. I love it. I love it. You know, I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go different from you. I'm going to have a little faith in Ferrari. Give me Charles Leclerc okay. at, at the Italian have race. Their, have you seen the F1, uh, the Ferrari liveries for this weekend? I haven't seen the liveries. I've seen their uniforms or T-shirt. It's like it's like yellow. Is, yeah. the, is their T-shirt? Is their car yeah. going to be yellow too? Uh, I'm not sure. Because okay. the, I mean, they have to run the same car, and the same car just raced last Sunday. So... That would be a very big turnaround to get it shipped to another another country and ready for race, but also make it yellow in the meantime. Uh, I think the yellow is more of like a cosmetic team thing, but we'll see. I'm not sure. I haven't seen the car. Honestly, if I was uh, if I was Ferrari, do you remember like the the darker red burgundy yes. that they ran? Yep. Oh mm-hmm. my dude, that was. That livery was at nothing. Nothing drastic changed. They just took the tone of the red and made yep. it a little bit darker. Yep. Gorgeous. That and the the golf livery that the McLaren ran, two of yep. the best liveries. And dude, yep. the the black livery that Mercedes ran for like two years. I loved that. Yep. I thought that looked fantastic. Yeah, uh, I I liked that too. Mercedes, you got to stick with silver. They're called the Silver Arrows. I mean, the, their history with the German team racing team going being the color silver for all of history uh you got to keep the silver arrows ferrari's got to be red um though i did like her tone um but yeah one thing you said the that golf car in any on any car in any series is just iconic just gorgeous uh and and charles leclerc's helmet for monza i am seeing it now it is it does match the yellow shirt so I wouldn't think they would run a yellow car. I, that would be yeah. a that would be really really weird, really yeah. weird thing. But uh, we've we've spent enough time on F one. Let's get to IndyCar. 
Wait, and, wait, uh, in, wait, wait. Yep, yep. One, one last note on IndyCar. We got to give ourselves a shout out. Last week, we talked about with the re- possibility of Ricardo going to Haas would have to, and we said that Schumacher would have to be the one out, logically. You can't, and the very next day it comes out that Ferrari is cutting ties with Mick Schumacher, which more than like it's not official Haas hasn't said anything Haas could still re-sign the um, Schumacher on their own but because Haas is a Ferrari affiliated team Schumacher has the Haas ride because of Ferrari so with Haas and with Haas and Ferrari are not cutting ties Ferrari and Schumacher are cutting ties with each other it's likely highly likely at this point that uh, Mick Schumacher is looking for next year it will not be in a Haas more than more than uh, more likely so uh, shout out to us for successfully calling that 24 hours before we know what we're doing here guys put behind it we're not idiots we, we know NASCAR or we know we know racing we, we, know, have NASCAR. One. we know NASCAR I, dude I cannot I cannot read and speak at the same time I got the NASCAR schedule pulled up on one of my monitors and I'm like reading through it I can't read and talk at the same time well, we um, do know NASCAR. Yeah, yeah. And I, I hate that for Mick, man. I, he hasn't had a great – he's not been great, but I don't think he's been bad. I, You know, I still think he could possibly have a future in F1, but F1 is sort of like the NFL. Like, if you don't have success, usually within a year or two, you usually get the boot. Um, yeah. It is what it is. There's only 20 seats in F1 in the entire world, so you have to be a top 20 driver. And I think Mick could be a, a good F1 driver, uh, just – possibly not going to happen right now might happen in the future uh, we'll see you know colton herda could possibly be coming in nick devries could be getting a call up so uh silly season will happen here soon and it'll be interesting to see where where everybody lands on to the indycar series scott mclaughlin dude absolutely dominated the race the grand prix of portlandia i think he led like almost every single lap it really wasn't in doubt i mean i watched the entire race and mclaughlin was by far the best racer and had the best car on the track all day yeah i so i had to keep up with this race through you because i was at darlington um but we had talked about that he was starting on the pole and um and we also said you know another pat on our own back here we said that it was a three-horse battle for the championship and basically unless mclaughlin could lead every lap and win portland uh, then it could potentially be a four-car battle going into the last race. And uh, I guess Scott McLaughlin understood the assignment, Bryce. Uh, he uh, he did everything that he possibly could. Got himself a contract extension. Don't know if you saw that come out this week. Which, oh, no, I didn't see that. That's awesome. Yeah, they had, uh, so Team Penske announced that Scott McLaughlin had signed a multi-year extension uh, for the three cars. So that'll be fun to watch. I, I think... I. We're losing Colton Herta, probably. More more probable than not, Colton yeah. Herta is going to be leaving IndyCar. And, and I really think that, that looking for the up-and-comer in IndyCar, if you're just now getting into IndyCar or you want to get into IndyCar and you're looking for who you want to root for, uh, now is the time to jump on the Scott McLaughlin bandwagon. I really think this guy has a... a not just a bright future, but but a really, really high ceiling uh, for the potential of his career. 
uh, everything, if it stays on the trajectory it's been on, uh, it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. One of these days, we're going to have my buddy Colin, who is the fueler uh, and front end mechanic on that car with Scott on this podcast. Um, yeah, season, anytime he wants to be on the here. Season's kind of crazy for him right now. He's <laughs> you not don't even say. In, yeah, he's. <laughs> Not even in the state at the moment, because every weekend they're not running for a champion or running a race. They're testing to work towards the championship. So, uh, but weird. Scott looked awesome. The IndyCar race was good. Uh, it's going to be exciting in this last championship, which we'll preview more in depth uh, as we get closer to it. Yeah, and McLaughlin uh, led 104 laps of the like 109 110 laps there so yeah he led at pretty much pretty much every every single so lap. what you're um, saying is other than pit cycle he was dominant yeah. yep. he never t- was touched yep yep just absolutely dominated so congratulations to mclaughlin 54 points again uh and, and you know like you were saying if you're getting into indycar and you're kind of looking for a driver to back it's not like mclaughlin came in last year as a rookie without any racing experience i mean he was a he was a supercar was a supercar right down in australia yeah australian v8 supercar champion yeah an amazing driver down there a legend in his own right already in australia so he had a lot of racing under his belt so mclaughlin just because he was a rookie in indycar last year didn't necessarily make him a rookie driver uh he was already a champion crowned down in supercars and in australia so yeah fun to watch him drive and uh excited to see that and uh, even more excited to see that the uh, oh no, it didn't hit. Buffalo needed to be leading. That gummit. Oh man. All right, one of them. One of them hit because both Buffalo and Los Angeles had a touchdown and a field goal in the first half, so that was good. Uh, but the the parlay is dead. I needed the Bills to be leading at halftime, so there it's goes that thousand dollars that I would have won. Yeah. Uh, but looking looking at the IndyCar schedule or looking at the IndyCar standings right now, Will Power is still in first place. Joseph Newgarden and Scott Dixon are 20 points behind him. Uh, Marcus Erickson is sitting on 484 points, which is about 40 points behind Will Power. And then Scott McLaughlin is sitting at 482, which is about, I think, 41 points behind Will Power. So everything to win. I mean, everything to go for, honestly. I think you get like I don't know, around 50 points if you win, I believe, is, is what IndyCar it, it is. It has so. to be a wild race, but it is mathematically possible five drivers could win the championship. So I'm here for it, dude. I'm excited for it. The IndyCar season has an, has an organic Game 7, uh, which is nice yeah. to see it, yeah. in light of sort of what NASCAR has going on with them. We will never um, stop stressing this. If you listen to this podcast, you better just get used to it. Never will we not rip on NASCAR for that. We hate the playoffs. I mean, this we hate the NASCAR playoffs. It's awful. It's there terrible. There it goes. Uh, so Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey, which I didn't know until you told me, is Laguna Seca. Yeah. Uh, I was I was like Grand Prix of Monterey. What the hell is this? Um, so that is that is the last race of the season. Uh, it's coming up this weekend. We have no, the uh, next weekend. No, it's this weekend. It's the eleventh. It's Sunday? Yeah, it's this Sunday. I thought yeah. it was... I thought, I'm sorry to our audience. I've been completely taken aback by this. I thought it was the following. So I thought there was a week in between the two races. No, no, it's this Sunday, which sucks for them. They're going up against the opening yeah. weekend for the NFL. That's a... Yeah, dude, their championship race on... Oh, my goodness. They, they should... Why wouldn't they schedule it 
to back it up. All they'd have to do is back it up one week. Then they end yeah. on the week where the NFL is off. Their, their yeah. last preseason, yeah. Yeah, that's not a great scheduling by IndyCar, honestly. Yeah. They should change uh, that. They need to work on that. I uh, mean, and it's, on, it's on NBC. That's crazy. What, what time is the race on Sunday? Uh, race on Sunday is between 2.40 and 6 p.m. So it's going to so, go up against NASCAR as well. Yeah, it's going to so go up against only, yeah, IndyCars, look, I'm going to go ahead and make a, a bold prediction here that's not so bold. Uh, the NFL is obviously going to absolutely destroy the TV ratings this weekend. It is opening weekend. Everybody's going to win the Super Bowl. All their fans are watching. People who don't care are watching. You and I could care less about the Bills and Rams, and we are watching right now while we're talking about racing. We have, both have football on. Um <laughs> Uh, so obviously the NFL is king in the United States and and pretty and close to the world. Uh, F1 will not be affected because they're in the morning, but yep, early on with IndyCar going up, IndyCar's championship race ratings are going to come in behind NASCAR Cup Series ratings at Kansas and absolutely pale in comparison to the NFL. And that's sad to see, but that's the sad reality of of picking your schedule and, and laying it out like it is. That's an absolute shame because this championship is fantastic and it deserves to have more eyes on it on Sunday than it will. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, Sunday you got 49ers, Bears, Steelers, Bengals. That's going to have a lot of eyes. Ravens, Jets, uh, Browns, Panthers. That's going to have a lot of eyes. Colts, Texans. So you're going to have a lot of 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock games yeah. that are, um, you know, I, I won't care until until yeah, 820. See, the only game that matters is at eight twenty p.m. On right, Sunday. right. When the when the Cowboys win and you know yeah. start their start their march to a Super Bowl victory this year, undefeated um, season, just uh, like yeah. last year and the year yeah. before that, and just like last year, we're we're less than the sum of our parts. And I I do I can't figure out what the issue is in Dallas, man. It's the most baffling thing ever. That that is another that is that is another conversation for another day and another podcast as as to why I'm a long suffering Cowboys fan and I never even lived in Texas, so. Not really sure how I even got that fandom. Be an Ohio State and a Dallas Cowboys fan living in Georgia. Yeah, I, it's got to be a rough life. I, it's I terrible. Commend I commend you. Yeah, I'm a glutton for punishment. I'm, I'm trying to think if there's any other fans that I'm a I'm a fan of that's uh, that's bad down here. But yeah, a Big Ten fan in the South is bad enough. Just pile right. on the Cowboys even yeah. more, and then add the Cowboys. You yeah. people probably automatically assume you're a Yankees fan as well. Like, yeah, no, this guy's a jerk. This guy this hates guy everything. Part of the the South. Two of the most annoying fan bases in the entire sport. He's probably got more. In him. And what's funny? I was born and raised in South Georgia. Like, I, I never lived in Ohio. I never lived in Texas. I don't. I, I don't know. You know, well, if I if I was a hockey fan, I'd probably be a, a Penguins fan. You know, whatever the most. <laughs> I'm assuming. I think they're the most annoying fan base. Or the yeah, Red they're Wings. up there. They're yeah. Rangers. Are worse than Penguins fans. Rangers, oh yeah, yeah, good call. I, I could never be a fan of a New York and team. Bruins fans, they're atrocious. I hate Boston too. Can't do, can't yeah. do Boston. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So this weekend, this weekend, IndyCar does race. Um, I encourage everybody to have you know their fourth or fifth monitor on the IndyCar <laughs> race because it, it'll be a good race. It's for the championship. I will. I have one, two, three, four. I have five monitors right now in preparation for the NFL Sunday, yeah. which I'm I'm super happy. So I'll have one of those monitors on the Indy race. Uh, the IndyCar Series practice Friday, uh, 5.30 to 6.45 on the cock. Uh, and then practice uh, number two Saturday from 1.15 to 2.15 also on the cock. Um, qualifying for IndyCar, 5.05 to 6.20 on the cock. And then the big race 
from 2.40 to 6 p.m. on NBC. I, I hate that, man. That, that, just, that sucks. Honestly, that sucks for the drivers. That sucks for the teams. That sucks for everybody who has, has anything invested in IndyCar. The amount of eyes aren't going to be on it that they need to be on it. Um, but who, who you got? Who you got winning this race and who you got winning the championship? Uh, give me Scott Dixon to win the race and Will Power to win the championship. He's going to finish Ooh. like second or third. Like he, all he's going to have to Dixon has the most to lose. He's going to race the hardest. Will Power's got the least to lose, or the well, I guess Will Power has the most to lose, but he'll be the um, one managing the race. So Will Power will be in race management mode, and Scott Dixon will be in stacked bodies mode. Uh, and it'll make for some fun, interesting uh, strategy and, and situational awareness the entire event. Um, and that's my prediction. Dixon wins the race, does everything he can do, but Will Power manages the race and comes home with the championship. I am going to go outside. I'm going to go Pato Award is going to win the race, but Will Power will win the championship. Okay. Will, I think Will Power finishes in the top three. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Will Will Power wins the championship, but I think Pato Award is going to win the race. Okay, um, I'd like to see McLaughlin win. That'd be pretty cool to see him to go see back. McLaughlin back. win. Yeah, just that'd be awesome. That that I mean, you couldn't imagine. Obviously, I'm biased. Okay, I mean that's that's not a question. I have a rooting interest on that card, um, but to end the season with a win, even if you don't win the championship, to end the season with back to back wins, your fourth win of the season, coming back to back. Uh, that would be that would be insane way to set the tone for next year. Uh, another kind of off the topic question: Do you think Roman Grosjean returns next year back to IndyCar? Uh, I don't know. I, it's kind of IndyCar's kind of a revolving door of motorsports. You've got people, come, especially people in his situation, um, guys like that coming from F1 or going to F1. They don't usually stick around long in either direction. Um, only guys like Juan Pablo Montoya have really been able to, to do both. He's been able to kind of go uh, everywhere and have yeah, semi-success yeah. everywhere he's been. Insanely talented. Yeah. Um, I'd love to have seen Tony Stewart get in an F1 car, but he's too fat. So. Hey, I feel you on that one, baby. Right there with you, Tony. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Tony would have done a little bit better than Jimmy Johnson has. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of but, Jimmy Johnson, uh, 1.5 over under the amount of times Jimmy Johnson spins by himself and hits nothing this weekend. He I'm does it every under. weekend. I'm going to go under right at one. I'm, it's I'm it's feeling, the weirdest thing, man. I'm feeling feeling safe with one. Every single weekend, Jimmy Johnson spins by himself, nobody around him, but he doesn't hit anything. It, I, I don't know how he does it. It's the, it's the oddest thing. Yeah, um, well, he's Jimmy Johnson, so he can do what he wants. Mr. JJ. Let's move on to NASCAR this weekend. Uh, from what I can tell, only the Xfinity and the Cup Series race this weekend. No trucks? Correct. Perfect. Yeah. No, I, folks, I have watched none of the of the NASCAR races this weekend, and I usually catch up on it during the week. This week has been absolutely insane. Which is why uh, we're recording on Thursday night. Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, holiday weeks throw me completely off of work and everything I have to do. It's I'm a very schedule oriented person, and when when there's a Monday holiday, it it throws every everything off. And I I think I might be you know slightly on the spectrum when all my schedules get thrown <laughs> off. Man, I just like 
I, I freak out Manic. and I, you know yeah something in my brain just sort of breaks and I get nothing productive done so yeah I didn't I didn't watch any of the NASCAR races this weekend I know Eric Jones won the cup series because I won some money on him yep uh, on DraftKings so uh, so Matt Matt take it away this weekend for NASCAR okay well all right since it's on me we'll start with the Xfinity race the Xfinity race Bryce I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you this I'm telling you this but our audience is listening because you don't know this and I'm looking at you um the uh, NASCAR Xfinity race had one of the, not one of, they had the best ending uh, of their entire season. The last four laps was a dogfight between the top three cars, trading positions and and setting each other up for what eventually the last lap passed for the win um, with the two lead cars taking themselves out of contention and the car that took the white flag lap in third place came around to win and Noah Gragson. I think that's Junior Motorsports is like I don't know, 10th win of the season. Just absolutely ridiculous. Um, clearly a championship favorite with uh, Noah Gragson moving up to the Cup Series next year uh, and taking a, a Petty GMS car. So I guess a little bit of foreshadowing that Petty GMS may be on the upswing. Uh, their future Cup driver won on Saturday and their current cup driver teammate won on Sunday um, so but if you haven't seen that Bryce if you haven't seen that audience definitely worth going back and checking out you don't even have to watch the highlights of the whole race there was a rain delay um, but again again yeah Jeez. Uh, I got to the I got to Darlington on Sunday and the I mean we were watching we were racing a black cloud to the track and we, we won the race to the track, and then we were like, well, we better just sit in our car and have a couple beers because <laughs> we don't want to walk very far. And sure enough, it wasn't five minutes before the, the heavens opened up, and it, it absolutely poured for a couple uh, minutes. So Sunday, uh, you saw your typical front runners. I, I didn't have the, the highest awareness of what is going on because I... I was there in person in turn four. Never been to Darlington before, so it was something that I wanted to see. Uh, I got invited by uh, actually a guy that I served in the Army with in South, who lives today in South Carolina, uh, reached out and invited me to come down and watch the race with him. So me and my buddy that was also in the Army that lives here with me went down to meet up with him. So we had kind of an, an army reunion uh, of sorts and got to, I, it's not often that I get to sit on that side of the fence these days. Uh, usually when I'm ever, whenever I'm at the track while I'm not working, I'm still representative of the team. I'm down in the pits. I have to present myself professionally. So it's rare that I get to sit on the other side of the fence and drink beer and act like an idiot and have fun. Just enjoy just a race. normal fan. Yeah, just enjoy a race. Yeah. I still enjoy doing that. Um, so I got to be a fan on Sunday. Uh, I, most of the race was dominated um, by Joe Gibbs. They, they were the cars to beat all night, and they wound up being beat. Uh, really, most of the action didn't start until... I want to say 50 or 60 laps to go when Kevin Harvick's car burst into flames. I did okay, see this. 
Yeah, I, I did so, see that, and then I saw his interview afterwards. That that's yeah. that's one of the we'll, only things I saw because we'll I saw that. Kevin we'll Harvick pop that. up, and I was like, oh, I want to, yeah, I want to look at this. We'll get to that because fortunately we have the resources on this podcast to pull some insider information from the team that Kevin Harvick races for. <laughs> so we'll dedicate a little bit of time specifically to that, just because we can't not with our our. Our listeners have access to something that nobody else on the internet does. So, Insider information, um, baby. Yeah, well, from the source in this case. Um, okay, so where do we want to start? First of all, Chase Elliott, the, uh, the uh, regular season championship winner, had a terrible night, finished dead last, lost all of his 33-point advantage. He, I think he's 15 points above the cut line. Which you know, I'm not rubbing it in. Both of my cars are out at the moment, so um, we'll see how that plays out. But for the moment, uh, Chase Elliott's insurmountable lead of 30-something points or whatever it was that carried over from the regular season is—that's all gone. He's used yeah, it 12 up in, this, points. in the first round. Yeah, he's 12 <laughs> points above the cut line. That is—that's uh, one bad race. I mean, that's. That's not even a bad race. That's like a finishing position of like 16th or worse. He could be out of the playoffs in the first round at, at Kansas, which I don't. I I don't expect. I'm not predicting Chase Elliott gets eliminated in the first round uh, unless something like Brist- crazy happens at Bristol or something. Uh, a driver, you know, makes a mistake and he gets accidentally taken because nobody's got a vendetta against Chase. Nobody's got a score to settle. I, I think Chase is okay. I think he makes it to the next round if I had to bet. Um, but but that's how close it is. Like the regular season champions who has dominated the entire season and been consistently the, the best car all year long uh, has one bad race in the playoffs, finishes dead last, and his his lead is gone. He's, he's not the points leader anymore. It's gone. And he's in serious jeopardy of being eliminated from the quote-unquote playoffs. So that this is if you're a chase elliott fan you know you benefited from this last year or the year before i'm sorry um in 2020 when chase won the championship but now you're on the verge of being bit snake bitten by it and that's just the dice you roll with this entertainment based illegitimate playoff structure where the car that's the best car all year can lose it potentially lose a championship I've done it game twice. Game seven moment, baby. Yeah. Generated game seven moment. Yeah, Let's well, go. I've done it twice, so you're preaching in the choir. I don't want to hear you crying to me when Chase Elliott gets eliminated from the playoffs because uh, he was the best car all year and deserved to be the champion because I know all about that. Done it twice. So, you won't, you won't, uh, don't come to me with your crocodile tears because you won't find sympathy. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah. So, onwards to the Kevin Harvick situation. Um, Kevin's having a good night, going to finish in the top 10. Not gonna, Certainly not in contention to win this race. Never had the car to, to compete with the Gibbs cars uh, or even some of the Hendrick cars. Um, William Byron was really good. Alex Bowman was pretty good. Guys, I expect Larson and Elliott had bad nights while the other two Hendrick guys had really good nights. Um, so didn't have the car to win, but but we're going to box solidly in the top 10, kill him with consistency. That's kind of Rodney and K 
Kevin's MO. They'll, they'll win the races they're supposed to win, and they'll finish top 10 everywhere else. Um, and coming down the front straightaway, this car bursts into flames in front of my eyes for no reason at all. I'm, I'm, that's the car I'm watching. Chase Briscoe is our, uh, multiple laps down, was involved in the wreck when Chase Elliott spun. He collected Chase Briscoe. So Briscoe's night was pretty much over. The only car I had left to basically watch was Harvick. So I'm watching this car go around. He doesn't hit anything. Nothing happens. There's no, it doesn't sound like the motor's laying down. Everything is completely fine on the one lap he goes by me and the next lap he comes by me and the car is smoking and flaming. Yeah, right, right front wheel well. Um, and by the time he gets to the start finish line, the car is fully engulfed in flames. He pulls all the way down to the apron in turn one and two, where the car is um, at this point at a dangerous level to the driver of, of fire. And Harvick gets himself out of the car. NASCAR throws the caution when ha- Harvick's halfway out of the car, like they couldn't see this happening the whole time. Incredibly dangerous situation. The TV cameras are showing the leaders. It's, and we know why this was. This is, it was during a pit cycle and to throw the caution as soon as they saw smoke out of Harvick's car would have shaken up the field. And so they're trying to sit on it for as long as they possibly can, but cars are coming by. He's unbuckled inside his car trying to get out because it is on fire and NASCAR has still not thrown the yellow. That I think that's a dead horse that's been beaten well enough by F1 everybody. F1 had the, the exact same issue this weekend with- um, Did with- they? Yeah, Botas, uh, the same thing. Botas's car died on the front stretch, and like they didn't, they they didn't throw a virtual safety car or a safety car for like half a lap. It was so, yeah. F one and NASCAR both had some some caution, no caution calls this weekend that probably could have gone a little bit better. Yeah. Um, so Kevin gets out of the car, has a D. I mean, obviously this car's destroyed; it's on fire. Um, speaks his mind to the media which he he does because he's yeah, he he's a, a veteran presence of the sport um, it's one thing when a driver speaks his mind but I, if you don't think that the words out of what Kyle Busch's mouth and Kevin Harvick's mouth carry more weight uh, I don't know what to tell you because they absolutely do um, people pay attention when guys like that who have been around for a long like Kurt Busch and Denny Hamlin, when guys who've been around for a long time, the veteran, the the leaders of the sport speak up, um, it, it carries more weight. And Harvick has been mostly quiet as of late uh, on kind of the his opinion of the sport, which is much like myself. I'm not going to speak for him. I'm not going to put his uh, words that were not made publicly out to the public. But, but you can kind of feel his attitude and general vibe of where the sport's at come through in his. He really, really kind of showed his hand in that interview where he told you exactly what was on his mind. Um, so where it kind of gets, where I, what I can talk about on the podcast is exactly what happened on that car. And that is because I holds the parts that allowed that fire to happen. 
So, yeah. So we'll we'll kind of break this down. First of all, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and establish for the record that I did not do anything wrong. I didn't cause this fire. Nobody at Stuart Haas Racing is mad at me personally. This is a design flaw. The the sandbox is flawed, and everybody knows that I have to work within the sandbox because I can't. You know, the car has to be set up how NASCAR cars are set up. So my job is to set it up exactly correctly legal every time and that's what i did unfortunately there's a the sandbox is flawed and the box has okay so we're, we we gotta go all the way back here to start the from design. the beginning yep start from the beginning because i really want to break this down for people to understand what's happening here um because it hasn't been done very well i think rodney rodney tried to do it or maybe did it and then deleted his tweet. I'm not sure. But if you're listening to this podcast right now, I am going to tell you how I, Matt Ridgway, the finished fabricator who handles the noses and duct work at Stuart Haas Racing on all four cup cars, uh, was involved with this fire that ended Kevin Harvick's night. So it starts with the, the design of the Gen 7 Next Gen NASCAR, which has a basically a tray a carbon fiber tray by underneath the body that makes the body of the underneath the car is completely smooth everything the engine the exhaust all the driveline suspension components are are nestled in nicely under this big tray that that covers all of it the problem with that is that the first test they, it was, this is a, you know, their design or whatever that some engineers thought this is going to be a great idea. And, and it turns out that putting the exhaust inside a box inside the car do, isn't that great of an idea because it gets the driver's feet and the overall cockpit of the car insanely hot. So NASCAR in a uh-oh moment decided that we were going to route air, cool air, to the to the exhaust, to the headers, where right by the driver's feet on both, well, the driver's feet aren't on both sides of the car, but we can't route air on, on only the driver's my, side. My of the feet car. would be, my yeah, feet would yeah. be on both sides of the, they, both they sides may of the very car. Well be. <laughs> All right, so we have to get air to the exhaust to cool the headers out of the engine so that it keeps the cockpit temperatures down. In another way they tried to do that is by cutting the vent in the front windshield uh, that you can see on TV and the slut, the slats in the rear windshield uh, that you, those are a little bit trickier to see on TV, but if you look at the driver's name in the ba- in the banner on the rear window, the, you can never see all the letters. That's because there's slats cut in the windshield and that's solely for ventilation inside the cockpit. Now, in an effort to keep the headers themselves cool, we ran, we have to run, we have to get air to them. There's only one place you can draw cool air from in a a stock car, and that's the nose. You have to take it from the nose. And because there's only one opening in the nose of these cars that is dedicated to both the radiator and the engine. So old school NASCARs, if you look at like Google 2007 Dale Jr. car, it has two 
openings. One is for the radiator, one is for the actual engine. Um, this car, oh, are you doing that right now as we speak? Yeah, yeah, I'm, okay. I'm looking right now as yeah. you're talking. Yeah. Okay. So, and then they had another one for brakes. We still have one for brakes on tracks that we run that, but you'll notice there's two holes in the nose, in the grill. One is for the, oh, the, yeah. lower, the lower one is for the radiator, the upper one is for the engine. That, so the upper one, that air goes directly to, into the engine intake, and the lower one goes to cool the, the radiator. Um, what? <laughs> I completely forgot that NASCAR had a wing Oh yeah. Sure, I completely thing. forgot this was a yeah. thing. We're, yeah. we're never touching uh, that subject on this podcast. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> uh, bad things will happen to my career. Um, <laughs> all right. So, yes, continue. I see what you're talking yeah, about, though. I'll pull so, up the car. So in, yeah. this, in this Generation 7 car, there is one opening. The ductwork, one single ductwork assembly, and it's routed into a Y configuration inside the car. So... When it goes all in the same hole, it splits into two. It gets sucked up upwards through a vent into the engine, and the what the ram air kind of just into the radiator right there at the at behind the main opening. So we've got that. Are you with me so far? Am yep. I making sense? Yep. So far, you've I, got I, that pulled, I pulled up the 2022 car, and I'm looking at that now. Yeah. Yep. And so NASCAR, in their infinite wisdom, takes away. Um, grill opening space so we're going from 20 inches wide to now 17 inches wide and we've got these little vents on both sides of the grill opening that run hoses straight back to dump onto the headers okay you with me so far yep. Or, yep. we're still we're still tracking together yep so on both sides there's these I don't know it's probably a six by two opening uh, that it's not I, very big. It's a, it's called a rocker box. I don't, and that's what oh. we call it. The the rocker duct, the the cooling duct for the rocker, because that's where it dumps out into the headers. And I install these rocker ducts into every single cup car. The problem with this design is that all of this rubber and debris and sand from the track, there's nothing stopping them from getting in these hoses and routed through the through these hoses directly onto the headers where the cool air is supposed to be dumping out. All right, you see where we're going wrong here. We're putting uh, yeah. we're putting rubber buildup over the course of a 500 mile race directly onto these thousand plus degree headers from the engine. I was about to say, luckily the headers don't get hot, you know, yeah. ever. Yeah, you know, and, it's fine. and Put whatever and you want on there. we're just pumping air onto them too because that's the last thing a, a fire can't be created with air can it right no no a, air puts out fire actually yeah you don't need oxygen to to accelerate a, a problem with with an open flame so that's what that's what's happening these t tracks with really high tire wear we saw it in indianapolis we saw it in darlington people are saying that it's a ford problem it's not a Ford problem. For some reason, we've only seen it on Ford so far. Not only seen it on. It's been pr predominantly discussed in being a Ford problem. It is a design flaw with this car. Uh, there is nothing to stop the this rubber buildup from going straight to the headers. If they took the tray off the bottom of these cars and left the headers 
exposed to the elements and took away those ducks, we would never have this problem again. Unfortunately, once the fire, the rubber has ignited inside of the car, everything in there, which is like a, there, there's nothing in, everything in there is flammable. Like, I, I mean, it's, it's just stupid. Like the, the side of the car, the, is flammable. The, everything at a certain temperature, because these bodies used to be made out of steel. Steel doesn't catch fire. But now these carbon fiber composite bodies and at a certain temperature, everything's flammable. Right. So once this, they're, they're already at these temperatures, this header decides to go up. It only needs a little bit of a spark. It's already got the oxygen. It turns into a flame. It turns into a raging ball of fire in a matter of seconds. I mean, literally, Kevin Harvick didn't make a quarter of a lap from the time that he noticed that his car is smoking, possibly on fire. Okay, something is wrong. To, I have to stop this thing and get out right now. It, it was this, like on the turn. It was like this on is now an emergency. It was on turn either two or four. I don't remember which one it was, but like you can see, there was a little bit of smoke coming off the corner. And by the time he and it's it's Darlington, it's not a long front or back stretch, whichever one he was yeah. on. Once he yep. gets off the turn and is about halfway down, whichever front stretch, back stretch, whatever it was, when it was about halfway down there, the car was already engulfed. So it, yeah, yeah, like like you said. It was barely a quarter of a lap before it went from smoking a little bit to full-blown fire. Yeah. So, yeah. so if you if you removed those hoses that sort of pumped the oxygen into the headers and, and dumped the the rubber on there, how would the headers get cooled? Would they wouldn't? There's no. Yeah. They wouldn't. Essentially, we have to have this all started. That's what. That's why I explained this from the ground up because this all started when we encapsulated the headers of the race car to put this stupid $50,000 carbon fiber under tray on the, on the car. I don't know where we went wrong with side skirts and ride, uh, but the underneath of a car, I mean, you can take any die cast, or go get your 1995 Wheaties Dale Earnhardt die cast, flip it upside down. That's what the underside of every race car's ever looked like until this year when we decided we were gonna put it all in a box. Uh, and, and that's really, I mean, if you're breaking this thing all the way down to square one, it is a di design flaw from square one. And we've been working to solve that problem while simultaneously creating more, which I guess is a great uh, paradox for NASCAR in general, because we've been destroying our sport while trying to attract a new fan base. Like we're constantly, Changing thing to attract new and younger fans, generation TikTok that can't pay attention for more than thirty seconds, has to have a caution every five laps. It's, it's a, one step forward and two steps back. TV, yes, exactly. And meanwhile, no one new is coming to the sport, and we're just driving off the old fan base in droves. Uh, so actually, maybe this all makes perfect sense. This is all part of a bigger plan. <laughs> all circle. Yeah, <laughs> it's like poetry. It rhymes. Uh, anyways, man, I'm gonna lose my career if this ever gets out. Uh, well, don't worry. You know, we get paid enough on this podcast for you to do this full time. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just being honest. I, I care about the sport. Like, I care a lot. I, I've, you know, <laughs> I've made a lot of sacrifices to get here where I am today. Uh, it's, it's never been about money. It's never been about anything but, but pure passion and, and drive for me. Um, 
and, and I care. And it bothers me when my race car goes up in flames. It bothers me more when I find out that my parts, that, that my job directly resulted in this. Now, I mean, I again, I understand I did not do anything wrong. I'm playing in NASCAR sandbox. I have to play by their rules. The sandbox is flawed. No one at SHR is upset with me. Nobody's even come talk to me about it. Like, hey, this is what we can do different. Like, what what do you think? Like, everybody understands that this is a, a ground up flaw. I'm not in any trouble and I, you know, I don't feel guilty over it, but it sucks. It sucks when you're having a top 10 night in a, the first round of the playoffs and something completely out of everyone's control takes hands. Like, if Kevin Harvick doesn't have a good race at Kansas this weekend and a good race at Bristol next weekend, we could be looking at the, our season's over. Like, where both cars are currently out of the playoffs. And Which sucks because me. Kevin Harvick came into the playoffs pretty hot. I mean, yes. yeah. you and, know, I mean, on, on quite a roll. People went from talking about we may not make the play, he may not make the play, to he may be a championship favorite in yeah. a matter of no time. And, and yeah, you see that? What is, what is this? Switch back to the, come on. How'd Switch back to it? the game. Uh, you, you don't want to see this. The Bills are, the Bills are, uh, they got this thing. Oh, yeah, it was, no, it was just, they, they switched, there's some standoff going on in Marietta. I don't care. Switch, switch back, <laughs> switch back to football. I don't care. There's a standoff going to America. Come on, it's America. Switch back to football. What day is there not a standoff yeah. in America? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come on. A lot less than there's football. Come on. Yeah, let's go. There's only there's only so many of these games on. It's, there's a standoff every other day in America. It's you know whatever. So I think the moral yeah. story, Matt, is you need to put more of that special little magic tape that you put on the car earlier this year. <laughs> over over the dust yeah i mean i mean seriously if you don't if you don't have that air dumping on on the exhaust like uh, how, how would you how would they get cooled if, if you didn't have or is or is that just the complete design flaw with the way this new gen car is built yeah. that yeah there is no other way to cool it there other is no than other way to cool way. them because they're in a box the the only other way to cool them would be take this tray off of the the bottom of the car set a minimum ride height so the cars are not sealed to the ground and let the air naturally cool the the headers underneath the car like it's always done forever um i'm not going to say nothing no freak accident has ever occurred before but this kind of thing is happening because we put all these hot engine components inside a box and there's really everything after that has been damage control and it's kind of been a daisy chained problem one thing leads to another and this is how we got here where rubber is being routed straight to the headers uh, and and it's basically a ticking time bomb and some some days nothing happens and some days uh like at darlington where kevin harvick had to drive from the back of the field essentially twice um, because of a bad pit stop and then something else happened, I forget. Um, but he was in traffic all night long and on a track surface like Darling has a high wear factor. Um, you're, you're just susceptible to that, that more, much more rubber going in, into the car. And, and I almost wish, you know, NASCAR would go back to 
less rules and regulations. I don't, I don't know. I thought it was a little bit better when I, I don't want to go back to the Wild West like it was back in the 70s and 80s when it was just insane, but allow teams room for ingenuity. I feel like that's sort of where NASCAR has lost its edge over the past. And I, we're probably preaching to the choir here, but I feel like that's where NASCAR lost a lot of its edge is when all the cars and all the teams and all the engines and everything got too cookie cutter. Um, you know, I, I think that might be a cheaper way for NASCAR to go about doing what they're doing. And, and I understand at the end of the day, it it's, all, it's, it's all, all about, about money. money. Yeah. And that's what Kevin Harvick said is that it's, it's more about money than it is safety or anything else at this point. And that sucks. I mean, I, if people listen to this podcast at all, they know I'm a massive fan of Smokey Eunuch. And Smokey wouldn't have been what he was if not for the ingenuity that he was, I don't want to say allowed to do back then because he did get in trouble quite a bit. But there, was, there wasn't as many rules and regulations back then, and it allowed people to be more inventive and more yeah. uh, you know, more ingenuity to come along. I, I wish they'd sort of go back to a, a model like that um, because a situation like this is a perfect example if, if you had a situation like this and there was not as many rules, regulations, and everything in NASCAR, SR, uh, Stuart Haas Racing would find a way to fix it. They would find some way to yeah. to route the air the right way, block the block the rubber. I mean, there's smart people working at SHR. They would figure out a way to fix this. But unfortunately, with the way NASCAR rules are, it's sort of like, here's your car. You race it or don't. You know, you don't really have an option to try to be you know, different, try different things out, try to solve issues. It's, it's more of, well, we just sort of got to wait until NASCAR solves this issue for us. If they solved it all, you know, they yep. might not, so they might not solve it. Yep. And we might go out with, with rubber all over everything yep. again next week. I will, I will, I need to take a minute to acknowledge that NASCAR did make changes to all the cars for all the teams. They sent out a memorandum on Tuesday morning with updates or I'm sorry, Wednesday morning with updates to every single car that has to be done before Kansas this weekend. We wound up tearing the sides off of every car in the shop that was ready to load to go to the racetrack on Wednesday to update. And, and basically what the memorandum updated was the amount of fire um, resistant components around the headers. We, so where there was a door pad, which was a flammable material, which we saw in Harvard Fire act as, as an accelerant, we had to replace that with a basically a steel uh, plating. Uh, basically, so, so they did a good job. They immediately reacted. You know, like I said, Harvard's words carry weight. That they did react. Now, is it better to be reactive than proactive? No, absolutely not. But at least it's something in Reddit. They reacted immediately with the most logical and convenient and immediate damage control possible. Um, basically, the, to summarize it, it, it's not going to prevent fires, but it will reduce the ferocity of fires when, if they start, if and when they start. Maybe, maybe a driver could get back to the pits and get it put out and his race isn't over before he has a chance to go half a lap and even assess how much fire there is in his car before he's having to park it and bail because it is fully engulfed in a matter of seconds. So I will give NASCAR credit that they, they are working on this issue. They are aware of an issue. I guess at the very least, 
uh, I'm proud that they recognize that there's an issue, that Harvick's not just getting out of fishing uh, because he had a bad night. Like there's a, there's a safety concern here and Harvick's not afraid to, to say that and, and NASCAR, to their credit, reacted to it immediately. I think that's well, having good, said, yeah, go ahead. I, yeah, I, I was going to say, having said all that, I, I think that wraps up a lot of I, what happened, yes. why it happened, and, and what NASCAR is doing to prevent it. Yeah, because yeah, it was hearing Harvick's uh, interview after the race. I was I was very curious because he was talking about cheap, crappy components and you know all this other stuff. So yeah, that was that was perfect, especially for someone who didn't. And if anybody has any questions, feel free to shoot us to us. Ask us on Twitter, and I will route them to Matt so Matt can answer. And I'll just be like, uh, I don't know, hot stuff, burn fast, burn big, burn. Uh, basically, I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, so I mean that that Joey Logano, right now, is leading the championship. Yep. Logano, Logano is your championship leader, followed My by William Byron, change. Denny Hamlin, and Christopher Bell, and Tyler, Tyler Reddick round out your top five. Uh, right now, if the playoffs, if the cut happened today, which it doesn't, they got two more races, but if it did happen, Austin Sendrick, Austin Dillon, Chase Briscoe, and Kevin Harvick would all be knocked out of the uh, the race for the chase. And like you said, Chase Elliott, with one bad result, he's only 12 points away from getting kicked out of, of round one. I'd, yeah. I'd be shocked if he did, but I mean, that's sort of the animal that NASCAR has created yeah. with this, with the playoffs. Well, and I will say this in, in, in these rounds, if you're going to have a night in the playoffs, like Chase Elliott did, or like Kevin Harvick did, uh, different situations, but same result, awful nights. Uh, this is the round to do it. This is the round that, that those guys are talented enough that to not have to hit the panic button. Nobody on the nine team is hitting the panic button. Like, Oh God, what do we we got to throw the kitchen sink at this thing to to rebound from this night. And nobody on the four car is panicking that uh, we're below the cut line. Oh no, what are we gonna do? Because Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott are both way, way, way talented enough to just control what they can control and easily make it out of this round. So I guess I'm and, and they're both past champions. Yes, they know what they're doing. Yes, they both yeah. and yeah. and the team and everybody around them. I mean, the, their championship level, their cha- both champion. I wouldn't be surprised to see either of those cars in the uh, championship round at Phoenix as as eligible competitors. I would be surprised to see either of them eliminated in the first round. I'm not real worried about Harvick. Uh, I know we're below the cut line. Chase Briscoe, I I don't know. Uh, that they, they haven't had a top 10 since May. Um the Coke 600. So I'd, I'd be real worried about them. If I'm Johnny, uh, his crew chief, I'm looking to, to go off strategy, throw the wrench at the wall. I'm, I'm going to be a right now at Kansas and hope it doesn't come down to Bristol. But if I'm Rodney Childers and Kevin Harvick, I'm not sweating it. I just go, just go have a top 10 in the next two weeks. The rest of somebody will have a, a worse night. Uh, Austin Sendrick and Austin Dillon, those guys are just a waste of space in the playoffs. They'll take themselves out if you just control what you can control. <laughs> uh, so this week, the second race in uh, the first round of the playoffs, NASCAR travels to Kansas, and I believe everybody is in action this weekend at Kansas. Yeah, yes, all four. Everybody, Friday, all, Saturday, Sunday. All four forms of motorsports in NASCAR 
are going off this weekend. It starts off Friday at 3 p.m. with the Camping World Truck Practice on FS2. 3.30 is qualifying on FS2 for the trucks. Xfinity Series gets started shortly after that. 5.05 on USA is their practice. And then 5.35 is qualifying on the USA Network on Friday for the Xfinity cars. Then the Camping World Truck, 7.30, the Kansas Lottery 200 on FS1. 7.30 in Kansas, that might be a nighttime ending, I would think, possibly. What are they, two hours, 5.30? Yeah, it'll be a a closer to, and they're all they're trying to do is get out of the NFL. They're trying to go up against one NFL game rather than the entire one o'clock slate. And honestly, there's nothing like the trucks under the lights. I mean, they're they're so they're so pretty. Those trucks are just gorgeous. I'm sorry, I thought we were serious. Yeah, that, that was Trucks Friday up. Night, so they're going up against yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, Friday Night Lights. Night yeah. uh, and then on Saturday, the Menards cards go off at 10.15, so have your breakfast and go watch. Uh, you Actually, you'll have to be at the track to watch practice for them because they're not on TV. Uh, neither is qualifying <laughs> for the Menards cars at 11 a.m. Uh, NASCAR Cup Series practice at 12.05. That is streaming on NBC Sports. And then qualifying at 12.50, also streaming on NBC Sports. 3 p.m., the Kansas Lottery 300 for the Xfinity Series cars on USA. And they so they race before the Menards cars. The Menards cars race on uh, the Flow Network, Flow Racing Network at the Kansas Lottery 150 at 7 p.m. Saturday night. And then Sunday, September 11th, NASCAR Cup Series, the Hollywood Casino 400, uh, because that's exactly what I think of when I think of Kansas is Hollywood Casinos. Uh, on the USA Network at 3 p.m. So they will be going up against not only the IndyCar Championship race, but the plethora of NAS- or, or excuse me of NFL games that are. God, they scored again. Uh, they intercepted. Yeah, they scored again, and they have the ball. They just intercepted Jeez. it. Yeah. Well, that, it, that's not a great night of betting for me. That's a hopefully this weekend's betting a little better. Um, but yeah, that's your that's your NASCAR slate. For the weekend, Matt, who you got this weekend at Kansas for the NASCAR race? Uh, it's going to – I hate to say it. I really think Chase Elliott probably, like, rebounds and wins the race. I hope it's somebody else. I, I'd love, you know, the bias in me says Kevin Harvick. But it, we had a non-playoff driver win the last race at Darlington. Oh, my um, God. He is – yeah. Oh, Diggs, let's go. <laughs> Um, we are going to have a playoff driver win this weekend at Kansas. For that is remains to be seen, but it'll be one of the 16. Somebody will automatically advance to the next round this weekend. Yeah, give me. Win. I'm going to take Chase Elliott. I'm going to take Chase Elliott. Yeah. I think he has a bounce back. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I think he's got a little chip on his shoulder. Goes out there and dominates at Kansas. The Gibbs cars, the Hendrick cars. Those guys are. Uh, they're really good. Their mile and half package is really strong right now. Um, so yeah, and he just beat him straight on a go route. That's awesome. Let's go, Digs with big points. All I right, man, you got any? Stuff. You got <laughs> you got anything else to add before we get out of here? Nope, I'm ready to go to bed. I appreciate your time. Sorry to everybody to make you wait till Friday. Schedules were crazy this weekend or week. See, it's not even the weekend. It be, it be what it be. Uh, I'm ready to go to bed. I'm, I'm looking for. Yeah. I'm actually going to watch the race on Sunday. I'll have an eye on some NFL games, but like I said, like we said earlier, the only one that matters is eight twenty kickoff. So that's right. And I just, I hope we don't. Get, I dude, I have no idea what's what to even expect out of Dallas this year. I, just, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out, I guess. I'm, I'm fairly confident going in. 
to this one. So I don't. I'm, I'm just going into it like I, I don't know. We'll I will find out. We'll see. We'll find. You know, we'll, you know, you have one receiver that scored an NFL touchdown on your team. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. That uh, do this the, uh, the offense. We're paying we're paying Zeke sixty five bajillion dollars yeah. a year to score like yep. eight touchdowns. So yeah, yeah, we're you're, you're, you're starting wide receiver three has not caught an NFL pass in his career. I'll be honest with you, I have no idea. I forgot his name. I know uh, Michael Gallup, who I believe he's gonna be out, and C D Lamb are yeah. uh, are the only. Let's see who we got. Uh, C D Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Jalen Tolbert. Yeah, yes. Tolbert. No, it's even because. Gallup is out. Yep. CD Lamb is the only player on your team that's going to be starting against the Bucks who scored a touchdown. Can I interest? Career. Can I interest you in Dennis Houston or Houston? That's him. Yep, yeah, that's him. That guy. That Never guy. caught got... a pass in the NFL starting against the Buccaneers. Uh, we have Noah Brown on the team. I forgot he was still on the team. Former Ohio State player, decent wide receiver at Ohio State. Um, that's kind of cool. I, did, I forgot he was still on the team. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. I think our defense will be fine. I think our defense is yeah, gonna be good. But yeah, offensively, offensively, I just, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. Dak's gonna do his little shimmy shake before the game starts to loosen up the hips, and uh, we'll, I don't know, we'll see, we'll see. We we'll will. go from, we'll go from we there. Will. It's only week one. <laughs> that's right. We got. Well, eat it up. Just enjoy yeah. it. Enjoy every single week. That's that's yeah. that's my mantra for uh for NFL. Racing. It's fall. So. Yeah, once we hit uh, March, we'll be like, great. We have to go through an yeah. entire spring and summer with no football. Yeah. So enjoy it while it is here. And we will see y'all next week to break down more racing here on TM5's Track Talk. Don't miss it. We'll be, we'll be a little bit earlier. We'll have our schedule yeah. set next week. We'll, we'll be on our normal Monday or Tuesday release date. Uh, but we will see y'all next week. Same time, same place.